welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 16, Lost Girl vs. Buffy. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie, and this week we're going to be talking a bit about comparisons between Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Lost Girl. And here to help me discuss those comparisons is Susan. Thank you so much for being here, Susan. Thanks for having me. What inspired this conversation this week is actually a bit of conversation that I had to edit out of the Dyson episode that we released last week. We went on a bit of a tangent talking about the comparison between Dyson and Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series. I had to edit it out of that episode for length. I think it's still interesting discussion, and I had been wanting to do a discussion of the comparisons between Lost Girl and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because I think I think that Lost Girl is very much a successor to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think without Buffy, Lost Girl wouldn't exist, or at least Lost Girl wouldn't look like the way it does. Absolutely. So we're going to first play the clip from last week's discussion about Dyson, where we talked about a little bit about how Angel and Dyson compare, and then Susan and I are going to talk a little bit more about some other comparisons. Our guests on that episode were Chris and Judith, and Judith is the one who makes most of the comparisons between Dyson and Angel. Probably the closest parallel that I could think of is Angel in the Buffy series. You've got the older man who is broody and dangerous and mysterious and interacts predominantly with Buffy, but a little bit more with the other characters in the show. And I really like that they've, they've chosen to go a different direction because when you watch Buffy, Angel is really not a sympath- very sympathetic character. I mean, y- he's hard to warm up to because he's just broody all the time and he's just he doesn't really reach out to the other characters. He doesn't really engage with anyone other than Buffy and he hardly even engages with her in the early earliest of the episodes. It's really more her her fixation on him that draws him out. And I like the fact that that they chose not to do that with Dyson. And I, I don't know, you never know how much of that is the writing, how much of that is the actor, and how much of that is the director. But I feel like there's a, a definite, you see a sense of humor in Dyson. Even when he's being broody, you still see senses of humor. He still smiles. He still interacts with the other characters in a, a warm and friendly way. And I really like that because it's it's very easy to i guess become one dimensional if you're not if you're not focused if you're just focusing on one aspect of the character and i feel like that that he's a much more well-rounded character he's got a lot more depth just because of the way that he's played just because of the way the actor chooses to play him more so than just what is in the script itself and um hopefully we won't get too much flack from angel fans about you saying that angel is not very <laughs> Well, well, and don't get me wrong, I I loved Buffy and I loved the Angel series, but um, Angel didn't really become a character that you enjoyed until he got his own show, is how I felt about it. Oh, I agree with you. I liked Angel on Buffy. This is totally a Buffy tangent, so if y'all are interested in Buffy, (laughs) tune out. I liked Angel on Buffy, but definitely he interacted with Buffy, period. He had a couple of scenes where he interacted with the other characters, but he was in no way a, a fleshed-out 
realize character until he got over on Angel and, and got his own show and developed relationships with other people besides Buffy. But anyway, <laughs> we're talking about Lost Girl, right? <laughs> what? So as Judith kind of outlined, I think Dyson and Angel very much play a similar role on each of the show, on each of the shows, meaning that they're both sort of these older male characters who are kind of introduced as mentors in a way to the heroine, and then they become love interests. And on sort of a more superficial note and how they compare, you know, they, they both seem to have originated from Ireland, which is apparently the country of whiskey, potatoes. And, and broody supernatural heroes <laughs> or anti-heroes. But I, I will say I think Chris Holden Reed's Irish accent is is quite a bit better than David Boreanaz's. Yes, David Boreanaz should never, ever do an Irish accent. Not ever. Ever. So I think as well as sort of playing the same role on the show, they also have a very similar storyline in Dyson's storyline at the end of season one through season two where he loses his love for Bo, I think can be compared to Angel losing his soul and becoming angelic on Buffy in season two. Well, and they both have this um, loss of something that's really fundamental to them, the thing that allows them to love the heroine, Dyson's literally his love for Bo and Angel's soul, but they they lose it involuntarily. You know, Dyson, even though he goes to strike this bargain with the Norn uh, to help Bo, he doesn't, he thinks he's giving up his wolf, which is also a parallel, but he loses his, his love instead. And it's, it's torn from him in the same way that Angel's soul is literally torn from him when he and Buffy have sex, we have that that scene of him out front of his apartment in the rain, of course. In the rain. You know, it's always better in the rain. Screaming, no! So there's that, that, that very clear parallel. Right, and this turns into, this This is the major thing that's the obstacle between Buffy and Angel's and then and Bo and Dyson's relationship. It's this, this outside force coming in and, and literally taking their relationship away from them. It's not that they fall out of love or that they break up. It's, it's very much this wedge that comes between the two of them. And another thing that I think is interesting is that both Dyson and Angel have their, their love or their soul restored by a third party. They don't get it back for themselves. Not even the heroine of the series gets it back for them. It's in, in Dyson's case, Kenzie gets it back for him. And then in Angel's case, it's Willow who resoles him. Right. And I think that's also sort of interesting in that it's, they lose this fundamental part of themselves and their, their relationship to these heroines involuntarily. And, nothing that they themselves can do that the heroine can do can bring it back, that it has to be completely outside of themselves. And I, I think another really interesting parallel is that you know, even when Dyson's love is restored and, and Angel's soul is restored, that doesn't just make everything okay. We see at the beginning of season three, and he sees her with Lauren, and he chooses not to tell her. And there's sort of this parallel with when Angel gets his soul back, when the reinsoling ritual works, as Buffy later says, she says, but it was too late. It had already started. And she has to go ahead and kill him. And then she keeps that secret for a long time. So I, I think that's this really 
it's a great plot device, first of all, but I think it's an important parallel between the two of them. And and I should say, I recognize that when Dyson loses his love, he does not turn into some mass-murdering psychopath the way that Angel does. He doesn't nail any puppies to walls, thank, thank goodness. But I think both of them definitely turn for the darker, the darkest we see Dyson is in season two. I also think that Dyson and Bo's relationship has a very similar flavor to Angel and Buffy's relationship, even though both Angel and Dyson are supposed to be very old. We know f- almost for sure in Dyson's case, he hasn't really ever been in love before because we learned that once he loses his love for Bo, he can't love anybody. So it's implied that if he had given his love to somebody before Bo, he couldn't love Bo. So even though he's thousands of years old, this is really his first love. And it kind of feels that way for Angel as well, which ma- kind of makes sense because we learned that Angel was turned into a vampire as a young man. So it's likely that he didn't have a serious relationship. And he was a miserable, awful human being as well. So it's very unlikely that he had, not that miserable, awful people don't have love, but it's very unlikely that he had some great love story um, when he was Liam before he became, became a vampire. So even though we have these older men with these considerably younger women, you know, it's maybe even a little creepy in Angel and Buffy's case. There, we see these relationships as really sort of these first great loves for these these couples, and they're they're both these very sort of intense, very high stakes, very passionate relationships. So I feel like they they both have a very similar flavor to them. They both have that kind of, and I don't mean this sort of pejoratively, but this kind of like high school drama. Because uh, Buffy is literally a teenager, and Bo kind of might as well be, because right. this is the first relationship she's been in where the person she's with is probably not going to die when they have sex. So it's uh, kind of like this second adolescence as she's figuring out this new world that she's part of. But I do think it's interesting that in, in Lost Girl's case... It's not Bo and Dyson who are these great star-crossed lovers, and it's so tragic the way that it is for Buffy and Angel, but rather it's it's Bo and Lauren. So that is an, a difference that is interesting. And then another kind of similarity slash difference is we have this feeding relationship that exists between Dyson and Bo, and while that's a very negotiated, safe thing that they do... Angel can feed off of Buffy and and most of the time chooses not to, with the exception for at the end of season three, when Angel has been poisoned by this arrow that Faith shoots him with. And Buffy pretty much insists that he feed off her so that he can be healed. And that feeding between uh, Angel and Buffy in that scene is really highly sexualized. She brings down her foot and smashes this coffee table and I, even when he doesn't feed off her, uh, literally, I think that an important part of um, Angel and Buffy's relationship, especially when he's recovering from having been in the hell dimension, is she brings him blood from the butchers. And so there's this this feeding, even when he's not feeding off her, her blood, uh, there's still this idea of this vital substance. Uh, and she's feeding him either with the blood from the butchers or when she actually says feed on me to heal him in the same way that Dyson allows Bo to kind of 
feed on him when she's injured. Right, so she doesn't die. So So that's kind of a a similarity slash difference. But I think the big difference, besides what Judith mentioned about... Angel's a very isolated character. He does have some relationships with outside of Buffy, but they're with, like, Spike and Drusilla. They're not these really... And and it's when he's Angelus. It's not really when he's Angel. So he's a very isolated character. He doesn't really form any other close relationships with the other characters on the show besides Buffy. He has a few scenes with with Xander, who hates him. You know, he has a few scenes with Willow. A few with Giles. A few with Giles, a few with Cordelia. But he doesn't really have a strong relationship with any of the other characters besides Buffy. Whereas Dyson very much has a community around him. And so that's, I think, the biggest difference between Dyson and, and Angel, at least the Angel that we see in, in the in context of Buffy. But another big difference is that what seems to make Angel so broody <laughs> is sort of his feeling conflicted about his vampire abilities. I think he appreciates them in that they make him strong, make him able to fight fight alongside Buffy and, and help protect her when when she needs his help. But Dyson doesn't have that conflict. No, Dyson's fey abilities, his powers, seem to rest much less heavily on him than do Angel's vampire abilities. And it might be because Dyson wasn't a crazy mass murderer for a couple of centuries who was then given back his soul so that he would be tortured by all his past bad deeds. But even even aside from that, uh, Dyson seems to... I mean, he talks about his wolf as, as that's the central part of him, even when he's willing to give it up and just seems to feel much less conflicted, I think is the perfect word about these powers. Well, and I think another big part is Dyson was born Faye. He was born into a family that as we've seen from most Faye, they have a pretty good high opinion of themselves. They think it's pretty cool to be Faye. The only person I think Okay, we've seen two characters, but, you know, the main character we see struggling with it is Bo, but she struggles with it because she didn't know she was Faye for the first 16 years of her life. She thought she would be a normal human and then realizes she can accidentally kill people. So definitely their 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 upbringings cause that difference in attitude. But it does seem to me that something weighs heavily on Dyson. I mean, maybe he's broody for no reason, but <laughs> he he's rather broody. It seems like maybe there's something in his past that weighs on him that we haven't become privy to yet. Yeah, there's definitely a feeling that there's something in the past that he's either not proud of or that was traumatic. So he's definitely not all like happy shapeshifter wolf guy, but you don't get the sense that he kind of, I don't know, hidden confessionals and drove people crazy or killed people's goldfish or any of the things we've seen and jealous do. So I think that's it for this time. We will do more of these little half pints discussing comparisons between characters on Lost Girl and characters on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I know everybody does comparisons differently. I once had somebody tell me they thought Bo was the willow of Lost Girl because she had two lovers one wolf and one blonde. So, <laughs> and she's not wrong. But so, but I know that there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I'm sure you, you know, might disagree with me and we'd love to hear your reasons. What do you think are the parallels between Buffy and and Lost Girl, the characters on each of those shows? Maybe you think there's none, but let us know. You can get in touch with us about that. 
Don't forget that Dragon Con 2013 is coming up. It is Labor Day weekend, August 30th through September 2nd, and I am going to be on the Lost Girl fan panel, which is currently scheduled for Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. It's going to be a moderated discussion, probably mainly about what happened in Season 3, but just Lost Girl in general. If you're going to be at Dragon Con, I would love to see you there. I'd love to meet some listeners. What do you think about the comparisons between Lost Girl and Buffy the Vampire Slayer? We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can send that to us a variety of ways. You can send us an email at feedback at drinksatthedoll.com, but we always love to be able to include our listeners' voices on the show, and you can send us a voice message by clicking on the Send a Voice Message link at the bottom of the show notes for this episode, episode 16. You can also call and leave a voicemail at our listener voicemail line, which is 972-514-7223. Thank you for joining us for Drinks at the Doll. My name is Stephanie. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.